0: is Bloomberg Surveillance. We want to give the Fed credit. They have come a long way from where they were in the early 90s when they didn't even communicate anything to the market. The yen remains the most important single Asian currency. That together with Aussie, which I think is the proxy for all of Asia's growth. Ultimately, we still are going to have a crisis. At some point, it'll be a big one. And that's where the new tools in Dodd-Frank, the Title II, the Resolution Authority, that's where they come in.
1: Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment. On Bloomberg Radio.
2: Good morning, everyone. Mario Draghi shakes markets. He moves markets, and it is risk on. Futures up twenty. Jap futures up one sixty three. The euro weaker. What good coverage this morning. We'll continue that into this eight o'clock hour bonus round. Joining us, Dennis Gartman, who has a few opinions on this. We would love to have Dennis Gartman on the the hate me the hate mail meter lights up like a like a candle when we have Gartman on. Yeah, we'll but get that's that.
3: that's to you. No, this is to love, me as well. They love Dennis. They hate me.
2: <laughs> right. We'll get Dennis Gartman here uh, in a moment. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Cohn Resnick, Accounting Tax Advisory. As economic policy changes, so do business decisions. Speak to the experts at Cone Resnick for the forward-thinking advice you need. Find out more at CohnResnick.com, com. N-I-C-K, conresnik.com. Uh, Dennis Gartman joins us now. Dennis, I want to put this in the, um, in the context of the title of Larry Lindsay's new book. You give it a massive rave review, conspiracies of the ruling class. Mario Draghi is part of the ruling class. What's his conspiracy to jumpstart his Europe?
4: He has leaped full hog into into the the market this morning in case people haven't heard yet what they have done in in Europe this morning is uh, cut all three of the base rates in, in uh, by the ECB more importantly have raised the uh, sixty billion euro uh, uh, quantitative easing each month to eighty billion, and I think probably most importantly have uh, allowed the purchases of corporate debt. For the simple reason that they're running out of uh, sovereign debt that they can buy and they have no choice but to expand reserves by buying corporate debt. The euro is getting slammed as we talk. Right. Trading Um, 108.35 right now down from 109. Actually, it traded yeah. one tenner one time earlier this morning. It
2: still hasn't found a bid. I mean, is where we're going. No, no bid. Uh, Dennis and uh, Mike McKee Mike, jump in here with Mr. Gartman. Neil Duttage just publishes March and April are a no-go for the U.S. Central Bank, while June is a live
3: possibility. Michael? Oh, well, Dennis, the, the real question is, obviously, Mario Draghi went uh, full Monty, as Bruno Rosa said, or kitchen yeah. sink, as Jamie McGeever and Jeff Black have uh, both tweeted this morning. Uh, So you get this reaction in the markets, but does it last? Is there going to be enough stimulus? Are the markets going to see enough in the package over the next couple of weeks to continue pushing down on the euro?
4: Yes, of course they will. I think Draghi has made it abundantly clear this is not the last move he's going to make. He has thrown in completely with those who are expansionary. I think justifiably so. You still have... 20% unemployment rates among youths in Spain, Italy, uh, across all of Europe. I don't think he had any choice. I think he's done exactly what he needed to do. It will be or should be highly inflationary over a period of time, but the deflationary forces are still so extant that he had no choice other than to go full Monty. I think he's done the right thing. Others may argue, but it will continue to be, I think, manifestly bearish of the euro. Par is on its way.
3: Do we see contraction in spreads? among the Eurozone countries, is this going to reach out to the periphery?
4: As to uh, that, that question, I'm not quite sure I understand.
3: Well, uh, a lot of what the ECB has done hasn't helped the peripheral countries in the Eurozone oh, yeah. as much because uh, well, their rates are are higher.
4: Yes, okay, I, I understand. Yeah, of course it should narrow those spreads. It has to. It really would be mathematically impossible to do otherwise. So the answer is yes, it will. Uh, I think it is going to be highly inflationary. I think it is what he should have done. I'm... I'm I'm full in with what he's done today. The, the, those on the far right may take me to task court, but I don't think he had any choice. Okay, so, Dennis,
2: you go down to your North Carolina state. You speak to their economics honors program at the pool management hall and all that. None of this is in the textbooks UI or Michael McKee study. None absolutely. of
4: it. None of it. It is
2: QE. I'm sorry, folks. Rubini absolutely nailed this, and I'm not even going to pretend to fake his wonderful accent. QE-1, QE-2. Where the hell are we in the count of QE? Please,
4: Dennis. This is three. We're going to four. We'll go to 12. We'll go to 14. Uh, what is the there... price
2: of that? I knew you were going to say that. What's the price of that, Mr. Garner? I'm not sure.
4: I don't know. They hope it shall be an inflation. Everybody wants to see an inflation of 2% or more, whether it's the ECB, whether it's the Bank of Japan, whether it's the the Federal Reserve. Everybody wants it, and nobody's getting it.
2: Dennis, I got Olivier Blanchard on the program this morning saying, look, there's no fire in the house. There is economic growth. There There is real economy signs of good in the U.S. and in Europe. What's the why here? to jumpstart the macro position other than to jumpstart it for the conspiracy of the ruling class.
4: Well, I'm not sure that I agree that there there are signs in Europe of economic strength. There are signs in the United States, perhaps, of modest, slow, laborious 1% to 2% GDP growth, but I'm not sure that I see the same things in Europe, and I think that Draghi has actually done the correct thing. If you look at the unemployment rates that exist, especially among the youth, in, 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 uh, in Europe, there is an ample supply of, of, of uh, labor to be gotten. There is no inflation to be found. I think he had no choice.
3: Now, he had no choice. He did the right thing. It is affecting markets, but is it going to produce growth and inflation? Will it work?
4: Uh, that's another question for another time, isn't it? I, one would hope that it works. Certainly, he hopes that it works certainly everybody expects that it should engender an in inflation at some point in the future certainly most certainly most economists would suspect that that kind of helicopter drop of money will result in some sort of economic growth time only shall tell but could he should he let, let, let's let's do what the lawyers say and go reductio ad absurdum let's go the other direction should he have tightened monetary policy well of course not his only course of action was to do what he's done today and this is just uh, this is QE3 on its way to QE14. Whether we like it or not, that's the reality. And as traders, that's how we have to deal.
2: Does this make you long of
4: stocks? You, you really have no choice. This, this, this should have to make you long of stocks. What it does make me is short of the euro and long of gold. That, that, that I, I, without equivocation, is where I wish to be. Should it make you long of stocks? You really don't. Clearly, you don't wish to be short of them in this environment, and probably you should be long of them.
2: It, I can't imagine doing Gartman's job or anybody like Gartman right now. Well, it out—it's
3: just you know. So quickly, what it means um, at this point? What does it mean in other parts of the world?
4: I think it means that the Bank of Japan has has no choice but to follow what the Bank exactly what the has, has done. They they don't have any choice.
2: I mean, it's a QE war almost. I mean, yes, what is. what is the correlation of our banks right now? They've all they're all. I'm sorry, every bank is reacting off every other one, right?
4: Yes. Maybe maybe it is a problem of, of great communications. In in, in 25 years ago, uh, when I first uh, when, when I had begun to get somewhat smart in this business, having started 40 years ago, even then you would not have known what the ECB had done for several days. Now we have to make decisions as to what the ECB has done in the course of 10 minutes and decide what it means for the next four months. The best I can say is drawing upon history. What they've done today is just the first, another step right. in a long step of processes.
2: Just joining us, Dennis Gartman, The Gartman Letter. Dennis, we've only got you for two blocks today, not three. Yeah. Let me get to gold, which is so important. You keep your yeah. gold view in those currencies. I mean, euro moving to parity, that gives you some support here. Update yeah. us on The Gartman Gold Call.
4: I have been long of gold in yen-denominated terms for over two years, and it's been a wonderful trade. If you have been long of gold in dollar terms for two years, uh, you're in the poorhouse. You, you don't feel all that good. I've been long of gold in, in euro-denominated terms for about almost a year. That feels great. It feels better this morning than it did before, but it's making new highs. I see no reason to change. The fundamentals have gotten stronger, not weaker, in the course of the last ten minutes. The technicals are getting stronger, not weaker, in the course of the last ten minutes. And what I find interesting is few people wish to join me on the same
3: trade. What's the best trade right now uh, for you?
4: Long gold in euro terms, as of what's, especially with what's happened in the last ten minutes with the ECB. It's been a great position. I see no reason to change, and the only thing I wish to do is, buy, is to do more. I'll pay a lot more attention to what gold is doing in dollar terms, uh, perhaps in the next several days than I have in the past. And if you were able to get gold back above twelve fifty-five or so in dollars my propensity to add to my euro gold trade and my yen gold trade becomes mm-hmm. even stronger.
2: Let's come back with Dennis Gartman fired up as we are over market reaction off of Mario Draghi. Mike, did you expect this?
3: Uh, nobody expected him to do as much as he did exactly. Mario Draghi, that yeah. is.
2: Lots of kitchen sink photographs out on Twitter this morning.
3: Yeah, some people thought one, some people thought the other, but yeah. uh, instead he chooses yeah. the kitchen sink.
2: This is important, whether you agree or disagree. Dennis Gartman will continue with us. We will have a spirited conversation on the U.S. market. Maybe we'll also touch on politics as well. Once in a while, Mr. Gartman writes about U.S. politics on the back end of his coveted note. Futures up 17, Dow futures up 126. Gartman's euro linked to gold 108.62. A 108.62 in a good 138 pips as well. West Texas Intermediate, 38.33.
3: Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael.
5: Mike, Tom, thank you very much. It's a memory stick that is believed to contain the real names and telephone numbers of Islamic State fighters. Germany's federal police say they are evaluating files containing personal data on members of the Islamic State group. Britain's Sky News reports it obtained about 22,000 Islamic State files on the stick stolen from the head of Islamic State's Internal Security Police by a disillusioned former fighter. Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders have been trying to make the case that they would be better presidential choices for American Hispanics. The two Democratic presidential candidates on voting records on immigration We're a major focus of last night's debate in Miami. The Republican presidential candidates will debate tonight in Miami as well. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. Now Michael Barr. Mike, Tom?
2: Michael, thanks so much. Stay with us. In 20 minutes, what was to be important is now of global impact. Draghi's press conference. We'll have that in interpretation for you on Bloomberg Surveillance.
3: This news update brought to you by T2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company. For workflow, mobility, and infrastructure, let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit t2computing.com for more information.
1: Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
5: And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. Stock Index futures jumped after the European Central Bank delivered a bigger-than-expected boost to its monetary stimulus. Let's go to the first-word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill.
0: Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures have extended their gains. ECB cut all rates, and QE was boosted to 80 billion euros a month. Dow futures currently higher by 123 points. S&P's gained 17, and Nasdaq futures rise by 41. US ten yield at 1.88%, and European markets are extending their gains as well. Italy rises 3.2%. On the economic front, at 830, Draghi holds his press conference, and U.S. initial jobless claims, and a 1030 natural gas storage change. In deal news, NASDAQ buys Deutsche Borse's options market for $1.1 billion. And regarding earnings this morning, Dollar General beat, shares at a higher pre-market, and United Technologies reaffirmed 2016 and Q1 forecasts. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades, Expedia raised overweighted at Piper, and FactSet cut to sell over at UBS. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen.
5: Thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk go on your terminal, that's S-Q-U-A-W-K-Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
2: Karen, uh, thanks so much. A Bloomberg surveillance this morning. brought you by Invesco. Have you considered all of your investment alternatives? Non-traditional asset classes and strategies may help you achieve your goals. Find out more at Invesco.com slash alternatives. Dennis Gartman with it. One of the great things about Dennis Gartman, I've said this before, he's one of the few people with the courage to actually publish his uh, successes and failures in the back of his newsletter. I love to say that Dennis to bust your chops. But, but the, the thing that's cool here is you link Technical with fundamental with your economics as well. The arch question now is commodity and oil bottom. Jeff DeGraff was brilliant yesterday talking about the search for catharsis. I haven't seen it. Do I need a cathartic event to scream oil bottom?
4: I, I think more than that, you need a non-cathartic event. I think you need the most boring thing of all. I pay attention. I, I, I was taught years ago when I began my career in the early 70s, in the cotton market to watch the term structure, to watch how one commodity future trades relative to another. And that knowledge of the term structure really has carried over into the energy market. We have watched as the carrying charge, the contango, I, I hate to get too esoteric, but the contango for the one year had gone out as far as $9 per barrel when spot WTI was trading around 26 That contango has narrowed into about $5. Crude for lack of a better term is less aggressive in bidding to go into storage. It's telling you that informed money has really said the lows have been put into crude. 26 is not going to be taken out on the downside, but at the same point, it's going to be very difficult to get the WTI spot WTI above $40 yeah. because if the contango continues, $40 in spot gives you about $45 out one year, and I'm telling you at $45 those down in the those up in the Bakken and those down in Midland, Texas are right. making a lot of money. They can hedge and be profitable so it's going to be difficult to get spot crude above forty
2: dollars. Can jump in here because I got like eight ways to go with Dennis, and we don't have the time this morning. Who's our next guest, Mario Draghi? Yeah, Mario
3: Draghi is <laughs> our next guest. The press conference at eight uh, thirty. A, a number of things we we'll talked about in a minute that he that have not been answered yet. Uh, Dennis, uh, as long as we have just a few moments with you, let me yeah. hit on what you were saying about soft commodities, El Nino fading. There's talk of La Nina. Yeah. coming in, which seems to uh, historically raise the price of those commodities. Yes. Is it time to invest? What do you want to do?
4: I, I think that the lows have been seen in the commodity markets generally, whether it's in the softs, whether it's in the grains, whether it's in uh, crude oil, um, and, and perhaps maybe even sort of kind of gently, maybe even in the most bearish of all commodities, that gas. The era of being or the age or the year or the two years of being short of commodities is probably behind us. And I think that the actions taken by the ECB this morning simply uh, promote that notion that commodity prices are likely to be stronger and not weaker going forward.
2: And then the final time we've got with you, and I say this with yeah. immense respect for Martin Zweig. We lost him way.
4: What a, way what too, a great man.
2: You know, Marty Zweig, don't fight the Fed. Yeah. Don't fight the ECB. Don't yep. fight the BE. Forget about the esoteric net gas short. What's the Gartman advice for pe- basic people out there to invest with these central banks as Marty's wag titans?
4: They, as long as the as long as the central bank wind is at your back, and it is, and they're not going to stop anytime soon. You're better off being long than you are being short. You're better off erring on the side of being bullish than you are on the side of being bearish. And you're probably going to be better off owning basic commodities. My my old line is I'd I'd like to buy the things that if I drop them on my foot will hurt, i.e. aluminum, Mm -hmm. steel, iron ore, trains, ships, big things, easy things, the things that go along with economic growth. Those are the things that I think would make sense. Plus – there's dividends to be gotten from them. So if you're going with the right. monetary authorities giving you wind at your back, own those things. Right, Dennis.
2: One minute left. You're a, yeah. a victim of the South. You, you live somewhere near a gl- glorious golf course. I, I, I get that. As we go to Florida and as you write about politics, I don't want your opinion on this talent. Does Mr. Trump have an economic policy you've discerned?
4: Yes, protectionism. Yes, lunacy. Yes, he's wrong. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the hope that he is not the nominee in the Republican Party. But at this point, I'm about to give up that hope. The will only you hope move to Canada? The... Oh, of course not.
3: Hard <laughs> to play golf in the winter.
4: Exactly. Hard play, very hard to play golf, except in Vancouver.
3: <laughs> oh, that's good. Dennis,
2: thank you so much. Dennis Cartman, golfer. here's a, the, the surveillance break exclusive today. Cartman will not move to Canada. <laughs> Alright, so Mario
3: Draghi throws the kitchen sink at financial markets and Tom, look at what is happening to European banks. Deutsche Bank up four and a half percent. Societe Generale up five percent. BNP Paribas up 4.4 percent. The Italian bank, Unicredit up seven point. Two percent, even Banco de Paschi, the uh, troubled Italian bank is up four point seven percent
2: Now the movement that we see we knew it would be important, but it always can surprise. We got the full surprise this morning, and there will be headlines. What we will do for you? We will give you the headlines. Uh, we will then go into the next phase of headlines, which will be difficult questions and is considered answers. They always, in every case, move markets. The yen starkly weaker this morning, 114.19 as well. U.S. futures up 16. Dow futures 122. Next, the Draghi press conference.
3: Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com for special offers during the only adventure sales event, Land Rover Above and Beyond. Good morning, it's 8.30. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene, Our economic indicators are brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. Here's an incredible number. Vinny Del Jude set the first word desk with the jobless claims figures. Michael,
4: jobless claims just above a four-decade low, close to a four-decade low, falling last week by eighteen thousand and two hundred fifty-nine thousand, more than Wall Street forecasts. Again, jobless claims last week close to a four-decade low, two hundred and fifty-nine thousand. Let's go back to New York.
3: All right, Vinny Del Giudice, jobless claims in the U.S. near a four-decade low. Tell me, uh, the news is all good for markets this morning.
2: Olivier Blanchard was heated. He's never heated, but within the grace that Professor Blanchard states, that things are better than good in some of these economies. There is yeah. is exact quote: "There is no fire in the house."
3: Not at the it, moment. It, I mean, it's Bill not like Bauer the world is, said the same thing. Uh, not like the world is uh, exploding with growth, but it is certainly better than uh, maybe a lot of people in the markets think. As I mentioned, we're watching European banks really, really move. The stock 600 is up seven points now, more than 2%. Deutsche Bank up 6.2%. SOCGEN 6.2%. Unicredit 8.5%. And that is on the uh, back of the ECB's action to not only cut all three of its major rates, the deposit rate down to negative 40 basis points, but also increase QE by another 20 billion euros to 80 billion.
2: We're waiting for Mario Draghi. Brendan Brown with us, honored to have him with us. He has thought long and hard um, about euro dynamics and global dynamics of banking. 2013, the global curse of the Federal Reserve. Is the rewrite the global curse of the European Central Bank?
1: That's a very um, appropriate title, I think, and I I see today's... uh, Mike,
2: could you pull the microphone closer to Dr. Brown? It's his first time he's ever been with
1: us. (laughs) And I see today's announcement from the ECB as Act Three in currency war, um, plus a massive um, operation to shear up the weak European banks, most of all in Italy. You're really left worrying whether ECB President Draghi is actually president of, of the Italian central bank.
3: Well, he's uh, president of the ECB. If it's a currency war, does the BOJ join in there next on the calendar?
1: Well, I think the question is on the U.S. side. We, we, we've um, had a, a very lively election campaign, to say the least, in the in, in United States, and a lot of concern about currency manipulation in Japan and China. But it's about time that the, the politicians here focused on the currency manipulation in Europe. We are watching Mario Draghi move towards the press conference room with the new ECU headquarters. Do you CD see his
2: entourage's balance between He's... Keynesian and neoclassicus? He's... Do you see how he does that? There's no Austrians in his
3: entourage. He has walked in, and now we get the obligatory photo op where all of the uh, cameras in Europe are trained upon the man of the hour, uh, Mario Draghi, up on the uh, dais with him, Vito Constancio, the uh, vice Everybody does president a different, of the ECB. He'll begin his press conference in a moment, and, and we'll have... Uh, Mike, go to
2: Brendan, please.
3: Uh, I want to ask Brendan, um, does, does it mean the Fed is on hold longer?
1: No, I don't see the I think we have to see beyond five minutes what the reaction is in the U.S. markets and U.S. economy. Um, uh-huh. But I don't see today's event as a huge um, uh-huh. market mover or economy mover. I would, just, I would just make one final comment that there's been a complete failure, I think, of political leadership in Germany to, to halt this latest right. assault from Draghi.
3: Well, we'll see if Mario Draghi talks about that. He's beginning his news conference now in Frankfurt. Let's go to the president of the European Central Bank. Ladies and gentlemen,
6: the Vice President and I are very pleased to welcome you to our press conference. We will now report on the outcome of today's meeting of the Governing Council, which was also attended by the Commission Vice President, Mr. Dombrovskis. Based on our regular economic and monetary monetary analysis, we have conducted a thorough review of the monetary policy stance in which we also took into account the new macroeconomic projections by our staff extending into the year 2018. As a result, the Governing Council has decided decided on a set of measures in the pursuit of its price stability objective. This comprehensive package will exploit the synergies between the different instruments and has been calibrated to further ease financing conditions, stimulate new credit provision, and thereby reinforce the momentum of the euro area's economic recovery and accelerate the return of inflation to levels below but close to 2%. First, As regards the key ECB interest rates, we decided to lower the interest rate on the main refinancing operations of the euro system by five basis points to zero and the rate on the marginal lending facility by five basis points to 0.25%. The rate on the deposit facility was lowered by 10 basis points to minus 0.4%. Second, we decided to expand the monthly purchases under our asset purchase program from 60 billion euros to, at present to 80 billion euros. They are intended to run until the end of March 2017, or beyond if necessary, and in any case, until the governing council sees a sustained adjustment in the path of inflation, consistent with its aim of achieving inflation rates below but close to 2% over the medium term. To ensure the continued smooth implementation of our asset purchases, We also decided to increase the issuer and issue share limits for the purchases of securities issued by eligible international organizations and multilateral development banks from 33% to 50%. Third, we decided to include investment-grade euro-denominated bonds issued by non-bank corporations established in the euro area in the list of assets that are eligible for regular purchases under a new corporate sector purchase program. This will further strengthen the pass-through of our asset purchases to the financing conditions of the real economy. Purchases under the new program will start towards the end of the second quarter of this year. Fourth, we decided to launch a new series of four targeted longer-term refinancing operations, Teltro 2, starting in June 2016, each with a maturity of four years. These new operations will reinforce the ECB's accommodative monetary policy stance and will strengthen the transmission of monetary policy by further incentivizing bank lending to the real economy. Counterparties will be entitled to borrow up to 30% of the stock of eligible loans as of the 30 as, as at the 31st of January 2016. The interest rate under Teltro 2 will be fixed over the life of each operation at the rate on the Eurosystem's main refinancing operations prevailing at the time of take-up. For banks whose net lending exceeds a benchmark, the rate applied to the TELTRO 2 will be lower and can be as low as the interest rate on the deposit facility prevailing at the time of the take-up. There will be no requirement for mandatory early repayments under TELTRO 2 and switches from TELTRO 1 will be allowed. Finally, looking ahead, Taking into account the current outlook for price stability, the Governing Council expects the key ECB interest rates to remain at present or lower levels for an extended period of time and well past the horizon of our net asset purchases. Separate press releases with further details of the measures taken by the Governing Council will be published this afternoon at 3.30. Adding to the measures taken since June 2014, with today's comprehensive package of monetary policy decisions, we are providing substantial monetary stimulus to counteract heightened risks to the ECB's price stability objective. While very low, or even negative, inflation rates are unavoidable over the next few months as a result of movements in oil prices, it is crucial to avoid second-round effects by securing the return of inflation to levels below, but close to, 2%, without undue delay. Beginning at an annual rate of 10.5% in January after 10.8% in December. Loan dynamics continued the path of gradual recovery observed since the beginning of 2014. The annual rate of change of loans to non-financial corporations increased to 0.6% in January 2016 up from 0.1% in December 2015. Developments in loans to enterprises continue to reflect the lagged relationship with the business cycle, credit risk, and the ongoing adjustment of financial and non-financial sector balance sheets. The annual growth rate of loans to households remained stable at 1.4% in January 2016. Overall, the monetary policy measures in place since June 2014 have clearly improved borrowing conditions for firms and households, as well as credit flows across the euro area. To sum up, a cross-check of the outcome of the economic analysis with the signals coming from the monetary analysis confirmed the need for further monetary stimulus in order to secure a return of inflation rates towards levels that are below but close to 2% without undue delay. Monetary policy is focused on maintaining price stability over the medium term and its accommodative stance supports economic activity. However, in order to reap the full benefits from our monetary policy measures, other policy areas must contribute decisively. Given continued high structural unemployment and low potential output growth in the euro area, the ongoing cyclical recovery should be supported by effective structural policies. In particular, actions to raise productivity – and improve the business environment, including the provision of an adequate public infrastructure, are vital to increase investment and boost job creation. The swift and effective implementation of structural reforms in an environment of accommodative monetary policy will not only lead to higher sustainable economic growth in the euro area, but will also make the euro area more resilient to global shocks. As indicated by the European Commission, the implementation of country-specific recommendations continued to be fairly limited in 2015. Reform efforts thus need to be stepped up in the majority of euro-area countries. Fiscal policies should support the economic recovery while remaining in compliance with the fiscal rules of the European Union. Full and consistent implementation of the Stability and Growth Pact is crucial to maintain confidence in the fiscal framework. At the same time, all countries should strive for a more growth-friendly composition of fiscal policies. We are now at your disposal
7: for questions.
0: Mr. Speziale.
7: Mr. President, Alessandro Speciale from Bloomberg News. Um, My first question is about um, the forward guidance that you have given uh, that rates will be lower for a long time also after the end of asset purchases. Is the duration of the new TLTRO to be looked uh, at in this respect? And uh, this will also extend to Uh, past the end of your mandate, if I'm not mistaken, or almost. And um, and my second question would be, when you say lower, um, uh, how low uh, can this be? I know that this has changed uh, a lot in the past few years as new horizons have opened for monetary policy, but um, do you have any idea? Are you approaching a limit, or you still have and ample room to go, and uh, and that's two questions ready. Yeah.
6: Well, on, on the um, on the Teltro, I just can give you a sort of a brief overview of what this uh, operation is. Uh, Keep in mind that there's going to be a press briefing at uh, 4 today, uh, 4 today for all the further technical details that you may, may be interested in. Now, the Teltro's are refinancing operations that provide loans to banks with a long maturity and banks are given additional incentives to lend on the funds received. The key features of our Teltro program are the following. We will offer four operations, one each quarter, starting June 2016 until March 2017. The maturity of the operations will be four years each, so that the last Teltro 2 will mature in March 2021. Banks will pay the MRO rate at the time of bidding. So right now it's zero. And they may even get a reduction on that rate which increases with the amount of loans they grant. So the maximum reduction will bring the rate on the Teltro 2 to the level of the deposit facility rate at the time of bidding. The amount that banks can borrow is linked to the amount of loans they have on their balance sheet. So, A bank that's very active in granting loans to the real economy can borrow more than a bank that concentrates on other activities. So the full list of features uh, is uh, in uh, the press release that will be published after this press conference. So why did we decide to have another series of Teltro's? Well, some of the main reasons are... Long growth in the euro area has been recovering now for quite a time, but it's still too low. Also, Teltro 2 uh, will, and uh, we, we had actually a pretty successful experience with the first Teltro, so we expect that Teltro 2 will offer attractive long-term funding conditions to banks to further ease private sector credit conditions and to stimulate credit creation. I think this is quite important now. Also, it provides funding certainty. Let's not forget, it's a 4 years operation at an attractive price in an environment of increasing volatility and also an environment of large upcoming bond redemptions, bank bond redemptions. So banks face sizable forthcoming funding needs And so this occurs in an environment where the pricing of bank debt is volatile and uncertain. So we we think that uh, in conjunction with all the other measures, standard and non-standard in place, this TELTRO 2 will contribute to a return of inflation rates to an objective of close but below 2% over the medium term.
2: Sorry?
6: Well, I, uh, yes, well, if you want, that's a how low can we go. That's on the. Um, let me say that the rates will stay low, very low, for a long period of time and well past the horizon of our purchases. From today's perspective and taking into account the support of our measures to growth and inflation, We don't anticipate that it will be necessary to reduce rates further. Of course, new facts can change the situation and the outlook. Let me also add that the experience we had with negative rates, in our case at least, has been very positive in easing financing conditions and in the transmission of this better financing conditions to the real economy. We're also aware that, uh, oh, by the way, here there are different views about whether negative rates have affected or how they affect the profitability of the banking system. Uh, we can discuss this later. But um, let, me ask you, let me tell you, does it mean that any negative rate will be positive? Does it mean that we can go as negative as we want without having any consequence on the banking system? The answer is no. And um, you probably know that we've discussed uh, for some time the possibility of having a tiering system, so an exemption system from, for this operation. And in the end, the governing council decided not to, Uh, exactly for the purpose of uh, not signaling that we can go as low as we want on this. So the Governing Council is uh, uh, basically, although it gives a positive judgment about the past experience, is increasingly aware of the complexities that this measure entails. Uh, As as I said before, uh, we think, and we have numbers that show and the Vice President is particularly well documented on this, that the aggregate profitability...